Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Much of life, what he calls under the sun, here on earth, cannot be transferred over the sun. A lot of stuff that we think is really important here, heaven's like, you know, that stuff's not really that important. It says in the Bible that that heaven, the streets of heaven are paved with gold. So just imagine you show up to heaven with, I got a lot of gold. And they're like, good, we need more guys to pave the driveway up here. Go over that way. Ecclesiastes is a book in the Bible that tells us about what is really important in life. Now, an important thing to note is that it was written by the wisest, wealthiest man at the time. He had it all, and he is telling us that we can't take it with us. We are told that these things that we're striving for are all foolish. Pastor Jim illustrates this point with a picture of paving a driveway. The streets are paved with gold in heaven, so the minuscule amount of gold you have here on earth isn't going to matter anymore when you get there. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim with part one of his message entitled, Why is it so important to have godly wisdom? Part one. Okay, Ecclesiastes chapter nine. I want to read verse 18 again. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. And then a contrast. Wisdom literature makes a lot of contrast, but one sinner, presumably not a wise person, destroys much good. You knew that, right? You knew that. Well, a couple weeks ago, I finally upgraded my smartphone. I didn't have a dumb phone. I had a smartphone, but it was kind of older generation, so I finally upgraded it. So some of you might be thinking, oh, now he's going to be really smart. Uh, those of you who know me better think he could care less about learning the thing because he wants to throw it in the, in the river all the time because it's always going off. Well, anyway, uh, the week before last, I had a very, very difficult week. Everybody say, ah, ah, yeah, really bad, really bad. Not very heartfelt on your part, but you'll see that it's not very heartfelt on my part. I was stranded on a beautiful island, the southern part of Cape Hatteras down in North Carolina, uh, with a beautiful woman, my wife, uh, celebrating our first week as empty nesters. And it was just the two of us and my new smartphone. (laughs) So, ladies, don't worry, Pam won. And so uh, I didn't spend a lot of time on my phone. But when I did, I noticed with my new smartphone, uh, emphasis on smart, that it is much better at accessing information than my previous one was. And I could see how it can be tempting for people to be constantly checking that thing and uh, also to become sort of some sort of an information junkie and wanting to know what's going on all the time. So as I looked at my smartphone, I began to l- read the news a little bit more here and there. Very interesting. I was watching that the things that people do. Did you ever notice on the news some of the things that people do? Uh, I was looking at some of the ads. I guess I don't have any history on my smartphone, so I was just getting these random ads and looking at some of the things that 
that people buy. Then I began to just read general news and other things like that, and I began to think more about some of the things that people think. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but maybe you agree, is our information-saturated society getting more foolish? I mean, it really seems that our smartphones are dumbing us down. Are, are we becoming more shallow as a group of people? Does anybody really think deeply anymore? I mean, if an alien were to come from another planet, they would obviously think that these phone things are our God because we're walking around following them all the time. I was in New York City yesterday, and I'm like, car? <laughs> People not even just looking at their phone, not even looking at the, at the traffic and, and, and the lights. But, but our culture seems to feel like there's a certain amount of things that you have to have in order to be happy, in order to be satisfied, in order to matter, in order to have uh, value. Interestingly enough, as we look at the book of Ecclesiastes, we found out in the beginning of this book that those very things are the same things that King Solomon actually had. Yet King Solomon, or the Bible writer, if it's an autobiography, is teaching us here in Ecclesiastes that while getting all of those things might seem satisfying, they're actually quite unfulfilling when you get them. They're actually quite empty. Solomon might even say, you know, they're actually, some of them are even frustrating. Three weeks ago, the last time I was with you, we were told in the book of Ecclesiastes for the sixth time that we were to enjoy life or enjoy the life that God has given to us. Now, we've already found in the early parts of Ecclesiastes, that doesn't mean sex and drugs and rock and roll, right? That doesn't mean accomplishment. It doesn't mean money. Solomon said, I went after all of those things, and they didn't deliver satisfaction. So what's going on? Now he's turning us. He's turning us how to experience enjoyment in life or true enjoyment of life. And it is so odd where he's basing where we begin. He's been talking about, a lot about the fear of the Lord. So if you have the fear of the Lord, you can begin to experience true satisfaction. Today and next week, he's going to be talking a lot about wisdom. If you have godly wisdom, you're going to be able to experience much of the good things that life has to offer. And also, we've been talking about a realistic view of mortality, that you're not going to live forever. Is that news to any of you? You're not going to live forever. The big joke we make around here. Some people say to me sometimes, yeah, I'm going to buy life insurance in case I die. I'm like, in case you die? <laughs> <laughs> actuaries know exactly when we're going to die, don't they? No offense to the actuaries in the audience. So what's happening to Solomon? This is going to be, and I talk about this a lot. I know I do, but I want to be stronger about it today and, and in the weeks to come and even for the rest of this year so at least the people that are here now in our church, we can nail this down. I think that Solomon is realizing that much of life, what he calls under the sun, here on earth, cannot be transferred over the sun. 
a lot of stuff that we think is really important here, heaven's like, you know, that stuff's not really that important. It says in the Bible that, that heaven, the streets of heaven are paved with gold. So just imagine you show up to heaven with, I got a lot of gold. And they're like, good, we need more guys to pave the driveway up here. Go over that way. That, that some of the stuff that's so we obsess ourselves with are valueless in heaven. For your homework, read the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel. And you see that, that the values of heaven are so different than the values of earth. And friend, that is a key. I won't say the key, but that is a key to the Christian life. Seeing that, realizing that. If you're here today and you're, and you're not a Christian, glad you're here. Really glad you're here. Hope to get a chance to meet you. Hope we can become friends. Love to engage in dialogue on some of these things where you are. I was not born Pastor Jim. Maybe in God's eyes I was, but I didn't become a Christian until I was 29 years old. And so I got a lot of world, you know, old life in back of me, and I, I remember a lot of that stuff. So I love talking with people about that kind of stuff. But if you're not a Christian and the, and the values of heaven are so different than the values of earth, that could be why the Bible seems so strange to you. And, and here's the reality for all of us who would consider ourselves Christians. If we try to make the Bible less strange than it is, we're not going to affect our world. It is strange. It is very strange. But as we'll be talking about later, it is God's power to salvation. Now, if you are a Christian and you don't realize the strangeness of the values of heaven compared to earth, if you are trying to do this integration of both earthly values and heavenly values to the point in time where earth is gaining more ground, that could explain why you're so miserable in your Christian life. Because your emphasis is in the wrong place. Let me give you a tip. It may seem to have nothing to do with the message, and I've given this tip out a lot of times, but September's a good time. A lot of people starting new schools, starting new jobs, starting uh, you know, new ministries, whatever, whatever, starting some, some new things. Let me give you a tip I've given out before. But when you start a new job, when you get a new position, when you start a new ministry, even if you're the person who was brought in to revamp everything, learn what's going on first before you bring in new ideas. See what's going on. You know, like G.K. Chesterton said, see why they put up the fence before you tear it down. You tear down the fence and you're like, there go the horses. <laughs> Because if you come in, both guns loaded with ideas, you're going to make everybody miserable. Miserable. Because they know you don't know what you're doing because you're new. You're new. And when they hear your ideas, they just think, more work. Or they hear your ideas and they think, another know-it-all. And they'll be miserable. Nobody's listening to my ideas. You'll be miserable. When are they going to stop with their ideas? And nobody wins. Now you say, what does that have to do with, with Ecclesiastes and what does that have to do with Christianity? When, when you become a committed follower of, of Jesus Christ or if you are considering becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, it is so important that first you learn the ways of the kingdom of God. Now, it's gradual. 
But you have to learn the ways of the kingdom of God. You have to learn the ways of the kingdom of heaven before you start bringing your own ideas to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven because if you come in with your opinions of the way God's world is, guess what? Everybody around you is going to be miserable. And so are you. And so are you because it won't be what you expected Because the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, see, I think a lot of times people think the kingdom of God is, oh, well, just we're Christians. We're part of the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is the kingdom of heaven is not the kingdom of earth. That's why Jesus said, thy will be done on earth, kingdom of man, kingdom of earth, as it is in heaven. Is that because we're doing so well with God's will down here? I don't think so. So that leads us to the question of today. Every study in Ecclesiastes, we've been doing a question. Today's question is, why is it so important to have godly wisdom? Why is it so important to have godly wisdom? Part one. Now I have to come back next week, sorry. (laughs) Part one. With all of my heart, I wanted to finish chapter nine today and all of chapter 10 uh, but there's just too much in chapter 10, so really this week is sort of just the, uh, the intro. The rest will follow next week. A lot of Bible scholars will tell you, or will tell you that uh, this is probably the hardest section of Ecclesiastes to outline. Wisdom literature is hard as it is, but this is kind of hard, but we'll try. Normally in messages, I try to limit myself to three points. Sometimes there's two points. Sometimes there's just one point, and often there's, you know, there's no point. But today, today we're only going to do point number one of my five-point sermon, and we'll do points two through five next week. And if you were, if this were, we we're going to do it all today, I would say to you number one, but don't write this down, wisdom helps you see. Godly wisdom helps you see what other people can't. Godly wisdom helps you see how to navigate your life. Next week, we'll tackle how God's wisdom saves us from human foolishness. How many of you have ever done foolish things? Really, really. A lot more fools in this service than last service. They were like, trick question. Okay? So, so next week, how godly wisdom saves us from human foolishness and how human foolishness is the enemy of godly wisdom. But today, as, as summer ends, I know the calendar has a little different opinion of it, but I always think of, of Labor Day, of the, of the summer ending. I wanted us to reflect on a couple things. I wanted us to take the Lord's Supper together, and I wanted us to get September off to a, a good start instead of October. You say, why do you say October? Because most people come back from the summer with good intentions to restart their spiritual life, but all of September is the adjustment of getting back from the summer, so they start in October. And then it's the holidays. I gotta take a break for the holidays. And then they try and jumpstart in January. That takes till February, right? So, so we're trying to get jumpstart a little bit earlier by starting here at the beginning of September. So I wanna run just through, we're gonna do the end of chapter nine today. That'll be it. Run through verses 13 through 18 and then just a few observations. A little different than we normally do. We normally make the observations, you know, or the outline of the, of the sermon as we go along, but a little different today. Verse 13, he says, This wisdom I have also seen under the sun. This is, this is something I've seen on, here on earth, and it seemed great to me. Another version says this. Here's an example of wisdom that I've seen under the sun, and it really impressed me. Now, 
Listen, Solomon's the wisest guy on earth, the Bible tells us. So if he's impressed, we should be impressed. Okay, verse 14 tells us a story. There was a little city with a few men in it, and a great king came against it, besieged it, and built snares around it. Now there was found, remember that word, we'll come back to it later, in it a poor wise man. And he, this poor wise man, by his wisdom delivered the city. Another version says that he saved the city by his wisdom. Now the assumption is that it's godly wisdom. Now look at this then. Yet, no one remembered that same poor man. So the city's up against it. Some poor wise man comes along, has some advice, city's delivered. And how quickly do they forget how he's a poor wise man? Look at the beginning of verse 15. They call him a poor wise man. And at the end of the verse, he's just a, he's just a poor man. Not even in one verse he's forgotten his wisdom. So notice the contrast. Little city, few people. Great king, big army, superior deadly weapons. In other words, this city doesn't have a chance. We're told that the enemy built great snares. We want to think animal traps. You know the kind of traps like you see them on TV. Somebody's walking in the woods and all of a sudden they step on a trap and they're up in the tree or they fall down in the hole. And you know, it's like Gilligan's Island. How'd you fall in the hole? What do you mean how'd I fall in the hole? Right? So, so it, it's... It's just snares, traps. And what would it be like? Here comes this great enemy, people looking out going, oh, that cannot be good. All of a sudden shows up with the army. They're like, that is not good. And then around the city, they set up these traps. So even if you try and escape, you're not going to make it. And I think a lot of us will say that kind of describes our spiritual life as we face a powerful enemy that seems to set traps for us. And sometimes, I don't know if you feel like this, I do, I don't mind admitting it, sometimes I feel like, what chance do I have? I mean, how in the world? You know, it's like at every turn, there just seems to be some other kind of a, kind of a problem. But then enter into the story this poor wise man. Let me ask you a question. Is there even such a thing in the United States of America? I mean, when's the last time you saw poor and wise in the same sentence? I mean, most Americans, we laud people. Oh, well, they're rich. They must be full of wisdom. You know, oh, they have a lot of money. They must be really smart. I'm really convinced that that's a, lot, that's a big reason why a lot of people want to be rich. So people think that they're smart. So people think that they're wise. So they, so they look good to other people. And so, but this guy, this poor, okay, wise man, has a plan to save this city. We're not told what the plan is. Why aren't we told what the plan is? Bible students, it's not the point. The point's not the plan. The, the point is this man. And his plan works. And we're told that the city is delivered. So what do they do? Well, obviously, they would have made him the mayor, right? They would have made him advisor to the mayor. Perhaps he would have run for president. Perhaps he would have got a cabinet position. No, what does it tell us they do? No one remembered him. They forgot him. And let's be honest. Isn't that what most people are like? Ungrateful, forgetful. You help someone and what happens to them? They don't, even before they even have time to thank you, you have any friends that are always in crisis? And before they have any time to thank you, they're already on to the next crisis. You're like, you're like you didn't even say thank you. And they're like, that was four crises ago. And you're like, that was three days ago. They go like, yeah, one a day. You know? That's the way some people are. Others, perhaps critical of what this fellow did. 
Did you ever notice that in the world? That the people who do nothing are most critical of the people who do everything. Have you noticed that? Come on, you know, where do you work, right? That's the way it is. Some people talk a lot, right? They rarely lift a finger. Talk, 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 talk. This is why he's telling us that we're all on a time clock when it comes to death because young people, you, you, you're young now, but trust me, before you know it, you're going to be older. And so many of the things you talked about, you never even got any traction on it or never even started. But this man didn't just talk a lot. This man did a lot. He is what we call, uh, the Bible calls in the New Testament, a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. But here is what really counts. Even though he was forgotten, this man used the gift of wisdom for the glory of God and for the betterment of others. And though that might be forgotten under the sun, it will never, 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 never be forgotten over the sun. It will never be forgotten by the Lord Jesus. Verse 16, he says, Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. We have a, we have a saying like that. It's called brains are better than brawn, right? Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is, notice this, despised. Now, some Bible translators, they would be in the minority, but some Bible translators think that the, the translation here is better, that this man's wisdom was rejected. That some loudmouth guy came along and said, I have a better plan. I know a better way than God's wisdom. Does that sound familiar at all to you? Okay, but it says that this poor man's wisdom, we'll go with the version we have for now, a poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. Or the wise words, another version says, are no longer heeded. And friends, that's the sad story of a lot of people who have walked away from the word of God and the church. Notice I didn't just say the church. Because you can sit here Sunday after Sunday. I can preach here Sunday after Sunday. And though I'm in the building, my heart can be far from the word of God. And the same is true for you. Now, here's the wonderful thing. Jesus will always take you back. Always. Now, it's easy for a lot of people, right? I mean, they just walk away from the word of God. They walk away from Jesus. They walk away from the church, and they just go off the deep end. I mean, just like, crash. Right? They're, just, they're, they're in a bad way. That's, that's easy to see, and it's sad. But others, it's a subtle drift. Not even aware that it's happening and rationalizing everything in their own mind that it's okay. Look at verse 17. He says, The words of the wise spoken quietly should be heard. So the words of the wise tend to be a little bit more quiet rather than the shout of the ruler of fools. And then our verse that we were looking at, wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Now, if you recall in Ecclesiastes, we believe that the audience is primarily similar to Proverbs, young men who are being trained for leadership, young emerging leaders, and there's a big, big political aspect to this. But we're trying to do more of a general application. But, but he would be telling those guys, listen, you have to be careful of leaders who are always shooting their mouth off. 
you have to be careful for the people striving for position. We might say, you and I have to be careful of the people that are on the institutions that are always screaming for our attention. Thank you for listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing message of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website? changedbyloveradio.com That's changedbyloveradio.com Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them that you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you will make plans to join us again next time, right here on this station, for more practical Bible teaching from the book of Ecclesiastes with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.